Welcome to The Favorite. I'm Blackjack Fletcher, live from our remote Lexington, Kentucky studios, which is the bar at Goodfellas in the Distillery District. And joining me today, as always, is my best friend, future roommate, and uh, possibly platonic life partner, Paul LaDuca. How we doing, Paulie? I'm a little hurt. You're a little hurt? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of pictures without me in them. You're in Lexington taking pictures with horses. Well, you're not Denon- here, buddy. Anonymous man, bourbon. I'm not in any of them. You sent a picture of my favorite horse not- of all time. Who's oh Giacomo? Yeah, well, I, 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 what did I send back to you? You told me you would make out with that horse. I would. I would tongue Giacomo. He won me eighty grand. Would Why wouldn't I kiss a horse? Okay. That he won me eighty grand. I mean, he was a beautiful specimen, um, <laughs> and he did win you an awful lot of money. Yes. How was he? Uh, spectacular. Spectacular. How you liking? The, how you a liking? Wonder. Animal. By the way, I, I try to tell people all the time, get your butt to Lexington because it's way better than you think. And oh my god, tell them Lexington is. is the best. One of my favorite places I've ever been to. I love it here. I may not come back because you can drink so cheap here, um, and that's one of my highest costs in life. So um, <laughs> I may I may just wind up becoming. Uh, a Lexington native. And Paul, don't worry. I'll find a spot for you. Oh, that's not a problem. What I love about Lexington, there's either sports or horse racing on every single restaurant in Lexington. So um, there's something to gamble on, whatever. And I'm sure Goodfellas right now, although there's no horse racing on now, has got something on and the races will be up. Um, yep. I guess 3.30. First We're watching uh, Twins Royals right now. There you go. There you go. Well, Paulie, speaking of Lexington, uh, obviously this past Sunday was a little bit of a disappointment for the natives here as the Wildcats lost to Auburn in the Elite Eight. But we have the Final Four coming up around the corner on Saturday. And everybody around the country, the millions and millions of listeners to this show, want to know what does Paul LaDuca like in the Final Four? Let's start with Virginia and Auburn. Virginia, five-point favorite, total set at 138 in that game. What do we like, Paulie? Wow. I still can't get over. I don't know if I'm ever going to get over betting Purdue on the money line and having Purdue second half and the whole nine yards. But was this meant for Virginia? All the agony they've had in the past. Now they get to the Final Four. um, And do they get the job done? against an Auburn team that's just on a roll. They lose their best player. They still win. I, I, I am so torn on this game, Blackjack. I have My heart wants to go with Auburn. My brain says Virginia probably locks them up. Um, you know what I do like? I, 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 the number's pretty high, considering it's close to the Michigan State game, which I thought it would be Michigan State and, and Texas Tech. So I, I really have no opinion if – probably would take the points just because I'm rooting for Auburn because I really don't love either side. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you, Paulie, I'm going on the other side here. I'm laying the five with Virginia. I think this game sets up really nicely for Virginia. Auburn is a team that likes to push pace. They're one of the faster teams in the country, but they are solely dependent on shooting. You mentioned the injury to their best player. Now they're even more dependent on the outside shot, and that's what Virginia does better than anybody in the country. 
is they defend so well that they will suffocate the life out of you. And people overlook the fact that Virginia is a top of uh, offense in the country when it comes mm-hmm. to efficiency. That we team said can it. score. Okay? We said it last so week, I think Black this Jack. game sets up really nicely for Virginia. I think this whole Final Four sets up nicely for Virginia. I'll lay the five with the Cavaliers. We said it last week where the difference between Virginia and North Carolina was what? I, I said it. I said tread lightly with North Carolina because they do not defend the three. Virginia does. So yep. I, get, I get where you're going there. I get where you're going there. The thing about Auburn, it, it's, they're such a Jekyll and Hyde team. They were the whole year, all, but they've been just unbelievable. But are they due for that, that 20 or 30-point blowout? Maybe it does happen, but um, Bruce Pearl has got those kids playing. And one thing I, I will give Auburn, he, he goes seven, eight, nine deep, so he's running bodies at you. But this is going to be a Oh, he test, goes deep. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game, but but I, I still think that everything sets up nicely for the Cavaliers here. Um, also, I think there's a little bit of an emotional bounce back. Like you know, you have the injury to your star player, you come out, you rally around him, they bring him out in the wheelchair in the second half. Which yeah. honestly, I mean, I think it was kind of a, uh, an underhanded move. For being honest, okay, there's no way they could lose that game bringing a kid out in a wheelchair on the sideline. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe now, though, that you've had a few days, everything sinks in. I think maybe now there's a little bit of a regression emotionally. Yeah, there could be a little bit of a regression. Um, and then Virginia with playing on such a high to escape winning the Purdue game. I mean, yeah. he had a 1% chance of covering that game when he missed the free throw. <laughs> um, what a game that was. So. Absolutely. You know, so did Virginia, you know, every national champion, it seems like they've always had like a tiny little luck or a little hiccup or, yep. uh, and they've gotten away with it. Duke almost got away with it three times. I, I love the people that are saying, uh, imagine having LeBron James and not making it to the final four. They almost didn't make it to the sweet 16. Let's, let's That's go right. there. Okay. So, um, uh, so let's give some other teams credit, but yeah, I don't know what to do the game. The total, I thought, was a little high. Um, but if Auburn hits their shots, yes, I thought it was, to be honest with you. But here's the thing. is like Everybody thinks if Auburn hits their shot, Virginia will score on Auburn. Auburn does not play great defense. They really don't. So I think they actually might score some points in, in, in that game, where the other game, I think, is just going to be a slugfest. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, agree with you about the other game, and let's get to that at this point. Michigan State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Texas Tech. We've got a total there of 132-and-a-half. I love the under in this game. You're dealing with two defenses that are top ten and two of the slowest offenses in the country, two teams that like to play in the half court. They don't like to run. That generally means longer possessions, fewer shots, and less points. What do you think about Michigan State and Texas Tech? I couldn't agree with you more. I really could not agree with you more. Um, Beard has done just an unreal job with this Texas Tech program. I've never seen a team dominate a tournament like they've dominated um, defensively. They get their hands on every single loose ball. Um, They're so active defensively. But I think the equalizer is going to be Cassius Winston. I, I really do. He has played so well. So under control, Blackjack. He had one turnover in the last game. He's going to be key, obviously. He he keeps possession. 
He keeps Michigan State from turning the ball over. Um, I'll go the, with the experience of Tom Izzo. You look at all the four coaches that are there, Tom Izzo's been there, and I, I think that could be very, very key. But I'm with you. This is what Izzo wants. Izzo doesn't want an 81-80 game. He wants nope. a 55-54 game. This is right I at agree. Michigan State's bruiser uh, alley, uh, alley. And this game is going to be a barn burner. It really is. And it's going to be agree. defense I, I over I think defense. this is the first to six that wins this. Um, <laughs> I would lean Texas Tech myself. I love the job Chris Beard has done there. You talk about Tom Izzo, some of the all-time greats. But Chris Beard's done an incredible job. Unreal job. Unreal. there. And that team outside of Virginia is as good as any in the country defensively. I would lean that way, but I think the better game is the under. Yeah, I'm with you. And here's the other thing. like you got to give Chris Beard so much credit because here's the deal. They're number one in adjusted defense. And like when you're a coach at any level, every kid comes up and goes, I want to hit. I want to shoot basketball. No one wants to play defense. So when no. you get your kids, it's not sexy to defend. It's just not sexy. So when you can get your kids to buy into the defense, and now they've bought in, and like, listen, it's scary to bet against Texas Tech right now. It really is the way they're playing. So you got to give this guy all kinds of credit because um, they are all right. So those out. are our picks for the Final Four, Paulie. Obviously, baseball season has started up in the last week. We've got some storylines that are kind of interesting. I want to get your take on. First and foremost, what do you think about the Philadelphia Phillies and the way they've started? I mean, they've gotten off to as hot a start as anyone could have imagined. Bryce Harper goes back to D.C., has himself a hell of a night, hits a home run, engages with the crowd, the bat flip, the whole thing. Tell me what you think about the Phillies' start. Uh, better than I, than I expected. Maybe not better than I expected, but, you know, I had wrote an article, and I was completely wrong. When I had gotten traded um, – to the Dodgers, from the Dodgers to the Marlins, I had to come back to to L.A. And you have so many things in your mind. Now, this is completely different. You know, I got traded. He chose to leave. But when I came back, I was all out of sorts. I didn't know what to do. I, I You know, cameras were in my face. Do I go over and say hi to my other teammates? Um, are they going to come over and say hi to me? The guys I got traded for, it was just a weird situation. So when Bryce came back, his first two at-bats, boom, boom, he strikes out against Scherzer. Yep. But they were able to put up run. I mean, that was so key for the Phillies to go in first series of the year and spank Scherzer. They, they spanked him around. They really did. And then when Scherzer got out of the game, the game's out of reach, Bryce hits the home run, all the relief goes away, believe me. When you go back to your old ballpark, your old team, you're nervous as can be. When he hit that home run, it was Katie by the door. All the relief is gone. Then he got a couple hits. He had a couple hits yesterday. Um, And they got a real deal lineup. If McCutcheon keeps playing like this, he's playing well. Riamalto gives you a good at bat. Hoskins gives you a very, very good at bat. Bryce Harper gives you a good at bat. Zagura gives you a good at bat. Now, Aaron Nola got hit around a little bit yesterday. He'll write the ship. He's very, very good. But offensively, they are going to put up some tremendous numbers if they stay healthy. Looks like they will. Now, the, the flip side to that coin, the AL East, where we expected maybe two teams to win 100 games apiece, the Yankees and Red Sox, both kind of look like a mess right now. And granted, we're only a week in, 
But what do you make of what's going on with the Yankees? I mean, they're a walking mash unit at this point with all the injuries they have, and the Red Sox are just struggling all over the field. So what do you think the future holds for the two of those teams? Well, the Red Sox, uh, I'm a little bit more worried about the Yankees than I am the Red Sox. The Red Sox, I can't say that either. I mean, Chris Dale only striking out one guy and his velocity down worries me a little bit. No, I'm I'm surprised that Boston gave him the extension. Um, obviously, there's no structural damage. Yeah, but obviously, there's no structural damage in there, Blackjack. But Chris Dale doesn't strike out one guy. I'm sorry. Nathan Avaldi got hit around again last night. Um, I, I, their bats finally woke up. That That's going to be the key. I mean, um, their bats need to wake up. Um, they didn't do much in the offseason, did Boston. Now, the Yankees... Um, they're turning in the Mets. The, they, they, they have more injuries. They're like the, the Mets the last two years with all these injuries. And now, uh, I mean, wishful thinking, Troy Tulowinski got a mosquito bite, and boom, he got hurt again. So, uh, I mean, honestly, when they signed him, did they think they were going to get more than four or five games out of him? Right. So Now, you, pro- you mentioned just then the Mets. Tell me what you think about their start. I mean, they're off to a pretty hot start themselves. What do you think? Can they sustain this? Well, listen, they went 11-1 and one to start the season last year, and everybody was excited. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a different fool's goal. When, when you have a kid like Peter Alonso swinging the bat the way he is, uh, a rookie of the year candidate um, with some kind of power, he hit, the ball he hit to dead center the other night was a bomb. Um, yep. And then you put Cano, you put some guys – in the lineup that can give you professional at-bats. They finally got a catcher that knows what the heck he's doing in Wilson Ramos. Yep. So First that's... decent catcher they've had since Paul LaDuca. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Well, listen, you need a guy that can handle the staff. I mean, like, uh, you got guys like Mezzarocco talking how he handled Jason DeGrom. Listen to me, my daughter could catch Jacob DeGrom and he wouldn't give up any runs, right? So, like, <laughs> just go back there and hit and, and do what you can. So... Ramos, I think, pieces together the other guys because he's a veteran. And here's the other part. He's been around the ALE, um, the, the NLE, so he knows a lot of the hitters and, and, and right. that too. That's a big advantage, and people don't understand those kind of things. But if they can stick together and, and then Callaway can stay out of his own way because he's a little questionable some of the moves that he makes, they can bit. be in the hunt for a little while. All right, now there's one more surprising team that I have to get your take on. I know our producer, Matt Ford, the chuckler, is going to really want to hear your opinion on this. And that's the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. This team is off to a surprising start. A team that I think most people expected to be the worst in baseball. What are you seeing out of Baltimore? I don't know. They're scoring runs. And it's even better <laughs> that they, they, well, they... Well, they scored three runs in, in, in the ninth. But it's even better that they beat the Yankees. And I'm, I know that he's he loves it even more. They were back to back. Were they underdogs, three to one back to back, and they beat the Yankees, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty close. They, yeah, they were very, very heavy dogs. They heavy continue dogs. to be. Oh, and they, here's the thing: is like Vegas is going to keep on doubling down. Um, let's see. Today they're at home in their plus one ninety four, and they're playing the Yankees again. Like, what do you do? Do you roll with them again? I mean, like uh, they're under and over. For wins was 57. How many do they have already? Four. You got 54 more left to go. <laughs> and it's a pretty good start 
It's a great start. It's surprising. But, again, you know, with everything we're talking about here, we want to caution everyone. It's, it's week one of yes. a very, very long baseball. And, again, with Boston, they haven't even gotten their rings yet. How about that? Like, I – that's the other part. Going on a West Coast swing, it sucks. You, it, it just it's, – it's hard to do. And they went on – they're going on a basically a National League West Coast swing, and then they'll go on an American League West Coast swing. So they had to do it right out of spring training – so they haven't even gotten their rings yet. They don't get their rings till the 9th of April. So, uh, you know, I would chill on Boston. And listen, I know a lot of people say I always hate on the Yankees. I would, uh, the Yankees are in trouble. Giancarlo Stanton, I know he's hurt, but he couldn't hit me. <laughs> All right, Paulie. So I, I mentioned at the top of the show that I'm out here in Lexington. I'm actually heading to Keeneland right now. You mentioned the Santa Anita Derby. Give us a couple of picks for this weekend in these big races. Well, I obviously, uh, I like game winner um, for Baffert. Um, I ha- I, there's not a many, that many horses uh, uh, in the San Diego Derby. Only a six-horse field. Totally a lot of pe- yeah. yeah, a lot of people are, are um, you know, saying stay away from San Anita. But the problem is there's a lot in the wood and there's a lot in the bluegrass. But um, yeah. Yeah, the last time a horse won the Kentucky Derby from the wood was Fusaichi Pegasus from 1990, so people need to chill on that. There's been like 17 horses from California that have won the Derby, so I do, don't care. Do you if like six... anyone in the bluegrass on Saturday? Ooh. That's a good question. I'll tell you one I'm looking at that's a little bit of a long shot is Sir Winston. Why? Sir Winston ran a very nice race his last time out. Show great closing speed. I think maybe in a race like this, he might have a shot. In a bigger, bigger fields, I actually do like very big field. Yeah, um, I actually do like big fields closers and big fields. But what post? I'm trying to look see what post my horse drew. Ah, I like Vacoma, but he's nine to five. The Weaver horse. Um, I can see where you're going. Sir Winston, but if you're looking for more chalk, I would say maybe win, win, win is someone to take a look at. Mm, yeah, and maybe Dream Maker can bounce back. He seems like Cassie's horses seem like they bounce back um, at a price a little bit there. Um, Fakuma is going to be tough. I know. I know that Weaver always liked that horse a ton. Um, mm-hmm. not the prettiest mover in the world. He <laughs> moves like his, his daddy a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but um, he tries really hard, um, and he ran a good race last time um, in Florida. I do own this uh, Spice Perfection for Peter Miller. Uh, going to be very tough in the Madison. Um, I talked to Peter the other day, and they're shipping him, or shipping, excuse me, her uh, to Lexington. She's already there. So um, she's All right, be very, so there's our, there's our horse racing picks for the weekend, big weekend in racing. It's now time for everyone's favorite part of the week, which is story time with Paula Duca. Uh, now, Polly, you were telling me recently about a story involving uh, some of your former Dodger teammates and a bullpen car during a rain delay in Texas. Yeah, this is uh, uh, a true story. Um, and uh, we're in Texas, and I had gotten called up uh, for two days. Um, there was a, it was 1998. There was like a, a glitch in the 40 man roster. Antonio Osuna, he, uh, 
he like got hurt and like i don't know how it worked out but there was a spot open for two days and glenn hoffman had just got bill russell had just got fired if i'm not mistaken or was um yeah it was bill russell bill russell got got fired glenn hoffman was the interim manager calls me in the office and he basically says hey thought i'd call you up for a couple days and when you get called up for a couple days and you're in the minor leagues your pay goes up so you're automatically as soon as you get sent down you get two three days to like relax you don't have to meet the team da 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 and so it was like free two days and i remember in those two days i pinch ran for paul Canerco. me pinch running yeah catcher that that those that's what i did in those two days but we're winning like uh i want to say it was a a saturday night game or a friday night game one or the other um and we're winning like 9-1 in the 7th inning and it's like just torrential downpour um and it's coming down like like monsoon texas style um in arlington and, and it looks like like you know, they're just going to call the game. We're up 7-1, and, and it was already through the seventh inning. Um, or 9-1, excuse me. And we're already through the seventh inning. And so you get updates, and the clubhouse guys come in here and there. Well, the clubhouse guys come in, and they say, listen, um, they're going to make a decision in about a half hour, but the last time I heard, they're you know basically just going to call the game, whatever. So... Um, in Arlington, there's a strip club about two, oh, about a mile and a half, maybe less than a mile away from the ballpark. Well, it was pouring rain so much that half the stadium left. It was eighth inning. They're down nine one. So a bunch of the boys from the bullpen got some money together and we're adding a couple pops because they got the game was basically over. So they hopped in the bullpen cart. In their cleats, in their unis, and went to the strip club. Went into the strip club. Every one of them got a lap dance. In their spikes, <laughs> as my mic cuts out, in their uni. Okay. Okay, so then I'm sitting there, and the... Carol's, who's the rep, goes, hey, the, the umpire just came in and said uh, the game's still not canceled yet. Uh, we have to try to get this game in because we're, we're not coming back to Texas. You know, we don't want to come back to Texas in the middle of August um, right. and have to play on one of our days off, this and that. Meanwhile, the guys right. are still so You want to get club. the game in, you want to finish it. You want to finish it. So, boom, 15 minutes later, Hey, they're they're taking off the tarp. It's going to be ready. Well, we start panicking, start calling these guys. Well, none of them took took their phones to the strip club in the bullpen cart. God knows where they parked the bullpen cart. I can't even believe they let them in. But you got again, again. This is before camera phones. Um, so we come back and they get back just in time. It's like four guys, and you can just see. Like in the sixth inning, or like not in the sixth inning, excuse me, like in the eighth inning, bottom of the eighth, when they pulled off the tarp and like 
there was two outs. You see like four guys sprinting to the bullpen. And I'm like, okay. And you see Glenn Hoffman goes, what happened? To these, where have these guys been? And then all I heard was something like, oh, they're, uh, they're in the bathroom. And I remember <laughs> Hoff going, Together? they all go to the bathroom at the same time. So he was dumbfounded. He didn't know what was going on. Long story short, all four of those guys came in. We lost the game 11-9. No, wait a second. The four guys who left to go to the strip club get in the game in the eighth inning at this point and blow an eight-run lead? Eight-run lead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and just to be clear, you were not one of the guys at the strip club. No, I just got called up like uh, like two hours earlier. I was like, this happens? I'm, I, I, I remember telling myself, this kind of stuff happens here? You could just take the bullpen Little card? innocent Paul LaDuca was corrupted early. I, I, I could just, at those times I was wearing ponies. So I could just go in ponies and go into, you know... Lucy's Cabaret and get a lap dance on my spike. I mean, like, were the spikes hitting the floor? Was there was there carpet at this strip club? What the heck was going on? I don't know, like, Polly. I don't know the interior decor of Arlington, Texas strip club. Do you think they thought it was Halloween? The people at the strip club? <laughs> I don't know. The bullpen car might have given it away a little bit. Here's my thing is when... I think it was, like, the next day... We went out. I think we had a day off. <laughs> they were drunk. And I remember asking one of them, like, the guy at the at the thing asked if he wanted to valet park the bullpen cart. I'm like, are you absolutely kidding me? Because the guy at the valet didn't know what was going on. Like, And they're like, no, 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 yeah. no. We're, we're just dressed up. This is our own thing. They didn't, you know, he didn't know what was going on. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just park it here. And then the valet guy was trying to tell him from what I heard, like, you can't just park this thing in the middle of nowhere. We got to park it somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Polly, you, uh, you're a wealth of entertainment. <laughs> you never disappoint. <laughs> oh, God. All right. That sounds like as good a place as I need to uh, wrap up today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Favorites. We'll be back again next week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, as always. You can download and subscribe to The Favorites on Apple Podcasts and Radio.com slash The Action Network. Until next week, I'm Blackjack Fletcher. He's Paul LaDuca. We'll see you soon. <laughs>